Hello, hello, friends. So today's episode is with someone from Love Justice International. And if you do not know what that organization is, it is an organization that helps with fighting human trafficking. And they also have homes and schools for um, those who have been orphaned. And so if those topics are something that listening to an episode about that would be too difficult for you, too triggering, whatever it may be, please feel free to just mark this episode as played and come back at a later time or never listen at all if that's what you need to do. But I just wanted to put that out there for those that may not know what Love Justice is or that doesn't listen or read the description rather of the episodes before they listen. So I hope that those of you that do listen find this episode educational and um, maybe get you motivated and inspired to get involved with either Love Justice or any of the other organizations that Libby mentions, but I hope that this finds you well. Remember, as always, you are priceless, you are loved, you are worth it, and let's dive into the episode. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Gagnon, and for those that know me personally, know that I love the organization, Love Justice International, and today we have a special guest, Libby, who actually is a part of that wonderful organization. So I am so excited to have her and have you guys all learn a little bit about the organization and learn some things myself. So Libby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hey, Abigail, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I feel so honored, blessed, and excited to be here. Uh, but yes, my name is Libby Swinson, and I work for Love Justice International. I live with my husband and our dog in Silverthorne, Colorado. I have two stepdaughters in Denver and son-in-laws and beautiful grandchildren. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of dog do you have? Well, she's, she's a rescue. Her name is mm-hmm. Weasley Potter Dog, and she's... <laughs> Part Border Collie, Australian Shepherd, and probably a mix of a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> that is awesome. So can you tell us about the organization and how it all began? Sure. Love Justice, we are a nonprofit organization, and we exist to fight against the world's greatest injustices. And I can share a little bit about what those are in a minute, but we started back in 2004, probably back somewhere earlier before 2004, there were a group of five guys that had graduated from college and they wanted to trek the Himalaya mountains and they wanted to find some opportunities to serve while they were in Nepal. So they went to Nepal, they trekked the Himalayas, But as they were in the cities, they saw many children living on the streets, Uh, little boys, little girls with no home, no food, no shelter. And they wanted to do something about that. 
So they decided that starting a home for these children could be a way to keep them safe. So they went back to the United States. They began raising some money. And one of the guys named John, he bought a one-way ticket back to Nepal. And he started helping with this concept of a family home. So they started moving children in. They hired a a couple who were married uh, to help raise these children. Today, we have 16 of these homes. We call them family homes in Nepal, Bangladesh, and India. And it's a place where we care for children who are orphaned and abandoned. They homes, we can have up to 15. Uh, they've got parents who raise them, but not only that, they live as if they are a family, that the other kids living there are considered their brothers and their sisters. They help cook meals, they've got chores, and they are able to go to a school that we started several years ago called the Dream School. And that is anywhere from five years old to 10th grade. And it's a wonderful, incredible school. So that is one aspect of the work of Love Justice. The other is the work fighting against human trafficking. And in about 2006, two years after we began our very first family home, our team started getting data that upwards of 10,000 young girls were being trafficked every year from Nepal into Bangladesh and India. 10,000 young girls every year. And so we knew that this was a tremendous problem. Girls who are vulnerable, girls who are poor, girls who are desperate to find work were being deceived, coerced, and frauded and sold as slaves. So that's when we began our work of transit monitoring, where we now stand at the borders of Nepal, India. And we began working in Nepal with this system called transit monitoring, where we have staff members who are locals of the place uh, where they are from, and they just stand and look for any type of red flag. You know, like, why is this young girl walking with this older man from Nepal into India? What are they doing together? And so our staff will just stop and ask questions. And if they see anything that just look suspicious they will ask more questions and one of the questions may simply be hey where are you going what are you doing this young girl may say well i don't really know this man but he came to my village he told my family that he could get me a great job in india and that i can send the money back home to my family we may ask the man hey what do you where are you going what are you doing and he might say oh this is my cousin I'm taking her to meet family in India for a family reunion. That's an obvious red flag. So Mm -hmm. when we see something like that, you know, we will ask more questions. And at the end of that questionnaire, we can determine then if this person is indeed at high risk of trafficking. And if that's the case, then we work with local law enforcement and we will aid in the arrest of that trafficker. And then we will get that young girl sent safely home. So we don't only do this in Nepal, we do this in 26 countries around the world now. That is so awesome. Uh, Is it just like international? Or do you guys do anything in the US as well? 
That's an excellent question. Yes, what we may do is we educate and we mm -hmm. train people in how to fight against human trafficking. We actually, a couple of years ago, were working to start operations in Anchorage, Alaska. We had mm -hmm. everything ready to go. We hired staff and at the very, and actually the airport was begging us to come in Anchorage. Law enforcement was ready to begin working with us. But at the very last minute, uh, they dropped permissions. The government did. They dropped permissions for us to be able to to work there. So we were we were really disappointed about that. Um, and so we currently do not have operations here in the United States. Uh, but we hope to. We would we would love that. That's awesome. That's really sad though that they didn't allow you to do that. That's that's so sad. Do you know of any organizations that are in the U.S. that are doing? Anything um, that you could recommend to people? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's an organ. I'm originally from Northwest Arkansas. There's a wonderful organization called Hub of Hope, and they they fight trafficking in not only Northwest Arkansas but all of Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, even in the Kansas area. And they are actually helping to rescue young girls from human trafficking. They have had some boys that they've rescued. They work closely with law enforcement. They've got um, aftercare facilities. They've got beds for girls to sleep in, to stay in for a, for a short term. Uh, they also are providing classes for girls, cooking, sewing, you name it, trying to help develop skills and therapy for girls who have been rescued from trafficking. There's also the Polaris Project, which is a nationwide organization that is helping to fight against human trafficking. And people can go to Polaris website, they can go to Hub of Hope website to find more information. That's awesome. And so I know that you guys have the Project Beautiful. Um, can we you do. tell us a little bit about that? Yes, Project Beautiful is our monthly sponsorship. So people can join Project Beautiful through Love Justice International anywhere from, you know, $10 a month to $1,000 a month. It's basically our monthly program that we used we use to support our staff around the world. As I mentioned, we've got staff at all of our transit monitoring stations, whether that's a bus station, a metro station, an airport, a country border. Our staff are all employees of Love Justice and they are also locals. So for instance, our work in Uganda is all staffed by Ugandan people or Sierra Leone, or South Africa, or Nepal, or India, or Bangladesh, all staffed by locals of those um, countries. And so our Project Beautiful funding goes to help support the staff. It also goes towards helping to sponsor a child that is in our family home. That's so great. I love that you guys employ local people and give them jobs. That's super awesome. Yes. And yes, and you know, there's reasons for that. Oh, excuse me, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. No, you, uh, no go ahead. <laughs> there's some reasons for that. One is they know the language. Mm -hmm. They know the culture. So I'm so amazed at our staff. They, for instance, would know if a young Nepali girl is wearing Nepali dress or mm -hmm. Indian dress. So if they see a young Nepali girl wearing Indian clothing, 
they will spot that immediately. You know, and if we had hired anybody from a Western country to do this type of work, I wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> you know, exactly. for girls wearing clothes from Rwanda or Kenya, there is there actually is a difference and our staff can spot that readily. That's really awesome. So um, as far as people that aren't like necessarily in those countries, how can people from the U.S., for example, get involved with your ministry? Sure. Well, they can go to our website and find ways to get involved. And, you know, there are things we, we need. We, we would love to have prayer partners. We send a monthly prayer email to all of those that are on our teams. We have some very specific prayer requests, you know, because we work in some of the darkest places in the world. But we work there in the most hopeful way, bringing people freedom. People can also give towards our work. They, they can become a Project Beautiful member. They can, you know, donate monthly. But we also need volunteers. We would love for people to step up and say, hey, I would love to host a dinner for you, maybe a freedom dinner. And I would love to invite my friends so that they can learn more about the work of human trafficking, the work of love justice, fighting trafficking in the world today. We would love people to host events for us or simply volunteer that, that they could help us with some different things that we need. We would love that. And what are some examples of different things that people would be volunteering to do? Sure. Well, they could volunteer to host a 5k run. They mm -hmm. could, again, like I said earlier, they could host a dinner for us or a dessert or a breakfast, anything that could bring other people to learn about the work and to learn really about the problem. Mm -hmm. What is going on in the world today in human trafficking? You know, we also could use people for, for simple things, helping us to write thank you notes, you know, or even calling some donors and saying, thank you so much for giving towards the work of love justice. We would love to have teams of people that would, that would do that. You know, when a donation comes in, somebody could just get an immediate call saying, thank you, you know, for being a part of our team. We would love to have a volunteer team that could do that as well. Things like that, you know, saying thank you or inviting people to events, writing some thank you notes, bringing their friends, Others they know that have some influence in their communities, inviting them in to hear about the work. That's so awesome. So do you guys generally like travel to speak at events or churches or is it if people invite you to do that kind of thing? Well, actually, I'm speaking at a church uh, on Sunday that mm -hmm. I have been invited in. And so I will be giving a talk, um, you know, giving a biblical perspective mm -hmm. about God's work, heart, God's heart for justice, talking about our work. But we are invited to speak, We and we are willing to speak really any time we are invited in, whether it's a church, whether it's a university, whether it's a community group, it could be maybe something like a Rotary Club, different things like that, where we really want to get the word out. Because I think human trafficking is something people are talking about. I think they want to learn more about it, and we would love to help people understand really what it is and what's happening and how they can personally be involved. Exactly. That's wonderful. I think a lot of people will be like, oh, well, it's just this big issue. It's either not local to me or it's such a yes. big issue. Like, what can I do? And I think that the more that people think that, then the less people are actually helping. Like if 
you know, just one person did something and then they inspired someone else to do something like it can be a ripple effect versus just, oh, well, I'm just one person, so I can't help anybody or help. Absolutely. Yes, that's a great point. I think sometimes this whole area of human trafficking can feel like an ocean full of problems and need and desperation. But like you said, if you throw one pebble into the ocean, that pebble will make a ripple effect into such a large water. And that's exactly what it is. One person can make a ripple effect. Exactly. And I know that you guys have a shop. So how does that support those affected by human trafficking or um, the people at your family homes or schools? Yes, all of the proceeds from our shop, which we've got merchandise, we've got cups, we've got t-shirts, we've got hats, we've got windbreakers. People can make a purchase and then the proceeds of that go to help support the work of love justice. And not only that, but it helps to spread the word. You know, people may say, hey, what is love justice? What is that red flag on your hat? Does What does that mean? And it gives people an opportunity to talk about it and then potentially join our work as well. I love that. Yeah, I have a sweatshirt and then. Okay, I, awesome. I, yeah, I love it. I can't wait. I'm not excited for summer to end, but I am excited for the fact that I'm going to be able to wear it more. But I also, I don't remember what I donated to or like how I ended up getting it, but I have a bracelet that's a black twisted band bracelet. I love it. I wear it all the time. And people often ask like, oh, that's so pretty. Where did you get it? And so I love that it's a good tool to be able to talk about it. And then I had first heard of you guys because I was a part of um, affiliate marketing for this boutique and they had some like save the children and human trafficking shirts that they then donated a hundred percent of the proceeds to you guys, which is how I heard about you guys in general. So even though the shirts weren't from you guys, whenever people ask like, Oh, well, what does that mean? Or like, where did you get that? Um, They don't sell them anymore, but then I can, you know, say, Hey, I got this because they were giving a hundred percent of the proceeds to love justice. And um, I absolutely love it. Like I said, that's how I heard about you guys in the first place. Oh, that's fantastic. I'd love to hear stories like that. Yeah. Thank you for being involved in our work. It means a lot. (laughs) Yeah, of course. um, I run a ministry online. And one of the times that I donated to you guys was I had talked about it in a live. And people were like, oh, that's so awesome. And so then they ended up, I, they sent me the money. And then I sent like a larger Um, donation, which was really cool to be able to do and get more people involved. Because some people were like, oh, well, I can only give like a couple dollars. It's like, well, if everybody, you know, that's listening can give me a couple dollars, then I can say like, hey, I'm giving a $50 donation. And, you know, you can just say you were a part of it. That's right. And so if people want to fundraise, um, what is ways for them to do that? Like, do you have something on your website for that? Or is it more of, like I said, people can send in money through like Project Beautiful or whatever? Yes, people, people certainly can fundraise. And we've, I've got friends and donors that already do this. You, again, people could host a dessert or a dinner at their home to talk about the work and we'd be happy to join 
one of those dinners to come and speak and answer questions or just even have a great discussion about the problem of human trafficking. People can also tell their friends and they can, you know, we've, like you said, the black bracelets, every single bracelet represents somebody that we have intercepted from human trafficking. So with that bracelet will come a little card with that person's name on it. And so often people will purchase a bracelet and then they will use that card and see the name of the person that that bracelet represents and they will begin praying for that person on a consistent basis. People can raise awareness in their church. They can, you know, if they, we've got groups that host 5K runs for us. People can do that. People can do things like what you said. They can wear some merchandise and they can say, hey, I want to talk to people about this work. Um, I've got this merchandise. It talks that you can be connected to our work through Love Justice International. I mean, we've got people are doing all kinds of things uh, to help raise money. We, we have an art exhibit called Faces of Freedom. And it's an art exhibit on display in Denver, Colorado, and we bring people to the art display, walk them through. We've got stories about each piece of art. We've got information on the artist that did the painting, and we use that to also fundraise for Love Justice. That's awesome. So I know you've mentioned that it sounds like a lot of the work is out of Colorado. If someone were in another state and wanted to have someone speak, do you guys have different volunteers or staff around the country? Or would it be something where it would be virtual where they would be attending? Well, it depends, you know, obviously for two years, everything was virtual. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I did so many virtual events, just like I'm sure most of the world did. Um, But yes, no, absolutely. We really are across the country. We've got staff in Nebraska, in California. We've got churches that partner with us in Ohio, in North Carolina, in Florida. So we are really all over the place in Tennessee. And so, yes, that's, that's part of what we do. We want to get our work, get the word out just across the nation uh, about our work. So yes, we are happy to go wherever. That's really awesome. Yeah. I know like some of the friends that I have that are in like direct sales, they've done some fundraisers And then they have asked people like, oh, do you know of any good organizations? And I always recommend you guys. And then most people are like, I've never even heard of them. So I've actually like um, been a part of that to kind of educate them about the organization because people have no idea. And it's been really cool to have different people go, oh, this is so awesome. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And then they'll choose that as what they decide for their fundraiser. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, And so I know that you talked a little bit about the family homes and the schools, um, but I can't remember whether you mentioned how many there are. I know you said there's only like 15 people that are at the homes itself. So it's more of like a family, but how many different homes and schools do you guys have? Yes, we have 16 homes that can Mm -hmm. house upwards to 15 Uh, Mm -hmm. One of our homes is dedicated towards children with special needs. And so that is located in Nepal. Um, And so again, yes, our homes are just so fantastic. These children that live 
home, they, they consider the parents to be their mother and their father. It's not like an orphanage. It's a real mm -hmm. home where they have a real family of brothers and sisters that they will grow up with a mom and a dad who are helping them in life. When they come home from school, they've got time to study that they take. They, they can go out and play, but then they also help cook dinner, you know, and then clean up after dinner. They've got chores. They've just, it's just a regular home life for them. And it's fantastic support. And I will say this, we feel <clears throat> that this is the best way to prevent human trafficking is by bringing in a child who is vulnerable. I mean, can you think of a more vulnerable than a child living on the street, mm -hmm. you know, who's got no one to take care of them, nobody feeding them, nobody helping them go to school and somebody approaches them, you know, and says, Hey, come with me. Let me, let me give you some new clothes and I'm going to take you here or there. Oh my goodness abandoned children are so vulnerable to being trafficked so we feel like this is the best way to prevent trafficking is to help a vulnerable child be safe in a loving home with all that they need and education to help support them so that they can grow up and be difference makers for christ world so we right now i think we've got about 212 children in our family homes we have we also have our school in nepal called the dream school and we have about 180 students in that school 50 of those children are from our family homes the rest of the children are just from the community it's a fantastic school um children love it we've got art classes music classes We've got sports, all of these things that they actually won't get in a regular school outside of that. They won't get these things in a government school. Uh, they learn critical thinking skills. We help them learn how to make decisions. And, and we are now seeing children graduate and we help them go to a college. There's a university um, in Lithuania that we have partnered with to send our children to after they graduate. Uh, we are now beginning a partnership with the university in South Korea. We've already got a student that's going to school there this year. So we believe that a loving environment, a fantastic education, and a, a faith basis is what will help develop a child into a responsible, loving adult who can help bring a difference to the world. I love that. That's super awesome. And do you guys have any current plans to open any more homes or schools? Um, or right now is the focus just pouring into the ones that you guys already have? Excellent question. Yes, we, I, I mean, my vision is I want to, I want a school and homes in every country where, where we work, <laughs> you know, the, the, the need for orphaned children and abandoned children is, is just immense. And I love this concept so much. It would take a lot of funding, obviously a lot of structure and a lot of staff to, to make this thing, to make this possible, you know, in mm -hmm. other countries around the world. And so We've been doing it in Nepal for a very long time. We know something that can be replicated. And I personally would love to see that happen all over the world. Right now, we don't, 
we don't have that in our plans just mainly because of budget issues mm -hmm. um, but the potential is certainly there <laughs> that's really awesome and can you tell us a little bit about like numbers of people that you have helped and st statistics sure. <laughs> of human trafficking in general yes well to start with a few statistics human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry in the world today. It's basically in a triangle with drug trafficking and the illegal arms industry and, and human trafficking. They're all kind of in the same wheelhouse together. You've got a lot of the same people, same industries uh, running these, these, these criminal enterprises. Uh, human trafficking is the fastest growing and it is about to outpace drug trafficking and illegal arms industry because you know think about it with a drug trafficker they can sell cocaine one time and that cocaine is gone mm -hmm. but a human can be sold and used and abused over and over and over again so it is a very dark industry uh, there's a lot of people involved in it it's very international. It's all over the globe. It's in every country in the world. It's practically in every city, every town in the world today. Um, there are more people living in slavery today than any time in history. The, the data is showing us that it's around 50 million people are living as slaves in the world. We combat that through transit monitoring. And today we have intercepted over 46,000 people from potential trafficking. And we have aided in the arrest of over 1,300 traffickers. And I know, again, it's that pebble mm -hmm. <laughs> getting thrown into the ocean, but that pebble makes a difference and it sends ripples. And when I think about, okay, it's not just 40 over 40 than almost 47,000 people, we are talking about individuals mm -hmm. whose lives are transformed because th that young girl is not living out the rest of her days in a brothel, in a mm -hmm. red light district. You know, that family is not going to be enslaved in Dubai or in Saudi Arabia or in some form of bonded slavery. But it's not just the nearly 47,000 that are affected, but we also have to think about their families. You know, I think, wow, what if one of my family members was trafficked? It wouldn't just affect that family member that was trafficked. It would affect my entire family. It would affect mm -hmm. all of her friends in school. It would affect the teachers. It would affect the entire school system. There is danger out there. Somebody is being abused the community would want to pull in. So in that regard, there's no telling how many numbers of people have been affected <laughs> by mm -hmm. our work. When we think of families and communities and friends and all of that, the number is huge. No, exactly. And who the people that you guys have rescued, who they've impacted because yes. they've been able to be free. Um, so that's right. absolutely amazing. I know that... Um, it is really hard to think about. And um, there's a couple movies that I have, well, I haven't seen Sound of Freedom yet, but I know that that is a newer movie yeah. 
and the priceless movie that um, one of the guys from for King and country made several years ago. I don't know if you've seen it, but it I have is not. It is so good. It is so good. I don't know if it's on any streaming services, but okay, I'll check I, that out. I saw it in theaters and then I immediately went and purchased it because I was like, this is absolutely amazing. Um, have you seen the Sound of Freedom one? I haven't yet. Where my husband and I live, I was actually in Nepal when it mm-hmm. came out and it's already gone from the movie theater. So <laughs> I may also have to wait for it to be streamed, but I'm definitely anxious to see it because so many people have seen it and are talking to me about it. And so the interest is there. <laughs> yes, that is one part of the reason why I had reached out to you guys because I was like well everyone's talking about this movie and I feel like this would be a good time to do an episode about this because people that either have seen the movie and want to learn more want to learn how to get involved and help may find it um, beneficial and then also others who haven't seen the movie haven't seen Priceless or don't really know much about it it could also start the conversation in that direction as well. Yes. Yes. That's right. And how did you personally get involved with love justice and um, how long have you been with the organization? Yes, I have been on staff with love justice for five years now, but I first learned about human trafficking in 2006. I was on staff with an organization called Crew, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. And one day, and I was was serving as a national director for the organization, and I was attending my church. I lived in Boulder at the time, and a man spoke at our church talking about human trafficking. And he had started an organization called International Justice Mission, and they work on the rescue side of human trafficking and helping to get laws changed. So I, he talked about this problem of modern day slavery and human trafficking, and my mind was blown away. I could not believe what was happening and that I didn't know about it. I had spent lots of time overseas, and I had worked in orphanages, and so, you know, I knew about orphan and abandoned children. I knew about poverty, grave, other grave injustices in the world. I just did not know about human trafficking, and so. I contacted IJM immediately after that, and I just said, I feel like our organizations could work well together. And so that began a 12-year process of building a partnership between CREW and IJM. And so I worked very closely with IJM in Washington, D.C. for 12 years, learning so much more about human trafficking and establishing student movements across the country, across the world. Uh, through that partnership. But then I found out about a friend who was formerly at IJM. He was a VP of investigations. He had moved to Love Justice to be the VP of investigations for Love Justice. And so it made me curious. And so I began looking into the work of Love Justice and learned about this strategy called transit monitoring. And I just thought, wow, this is incredible. Love Justice is standing at the most strategic places at the most important time of a person's life where they are between this place of freedom and slavery and they are 
stopping the slavery from happening before it ever begins, the abuse and the exploitation. And not only that, Love Justice is able to do it at a very low cost. You know, when somebody does a rescue operation for that, just for one person, can cost anywhere from $5,000 to $50,000 per person because of all that it takes to actually perform a rescue operation. And then the counseling and the therapy that that person will need for the rest of their lives. Of course, they are worth the $50,000, right? Of course mm-hmm. they are. But what if they never made it to the brothel? What if they never got there? What if they never reached that point of exploitation? We are avoiding that from ever happening. And not only that, we can intercept somebody for $150 and $250 per person. I mean, you talk about an incredible ROI. Mm -hmm. That is a great place to invest. Invest in what can help us intercept more and more and more people. So that's really how I learned about Love Justice. And then my husband and I started our own 501c3 called Freedom 58 after the book of Isaiah chapter 58. And we started an art ministry where I had mentioned that earlier. We have now 250 pieces of art uh, where people can learn about human trafficking. We've got portraits painted of people who have been intercepted from Love Justice. And we use that um, to talk about the problem of modern day slavery. And Love Justice became our very first partner with Freedom 58 in our art exhibit. And so that's how I learned about it and that's how I stayed involved with it. (laughs) That's really awesome and where do you see your involvement going with the organization in the future? You know I work to help raise awareness about our organization and Mm -hmm. about what what opportunities we have got, how people can be involved. I actually help to with education like helping people understand what human trafficking is. You know, I want to talk to as many people at churches, community groups, organizations as I possibly can about our organization and helping people get involved. But not only that, something I have learned as I have been more and more involved is that really everybody is on a journey in terms of learning about human trafficking, modern day slavery, and in general, God's heart for justice. Everybody is on a journey of where they are in in that realm. You know, maybe some don't know yet. And so maybe they don't have information. They don't know statistics happening. So I step in and try to get them to the next step. Or maybe somebody like you, you know, you know about it. You are already fundraising. It's like, where are we in our journey or where are people where we can help people get to the next step of involvement and helping to end this global crisis of ending modern day slavery and fighting against human trafficking. So that's kind of how I see it. You know, people are in different places. Let's get them to the next place. Let's get them one step further in their journey with God. 
and understanding his heart for justice. I love that. And is there anything else that you can think of that we didn't touch on that you would like to share about um, human trafficking in general or what you guys do with love justice or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, our heart is to go and to grow. We are in 26 countries right now. We've started work in South America. We're in Ecuador. We're in Argentina. We've started in Southeast Asia. We're in the Philippines and in Indonesia. But we have got opportunities to grow like crazy. We've got horizon that I just get really excited about. We've got Italy, Romania on our horizon. We would love to raise up teams you know, hire transit monitors who are Italian, who are Romanian to do the work of transit monitoring. So I would say we really want to grow. We want to continue to develop. And I think of a passage, I, I think that it's Proverbs thirteen twenty three, And it says this, it says, abundant food is in the fallow ground of the poor, but injustice sweeps it away. That's such a great reminder for me that the resources are there to serve people, to help people. But so many people live under a system of injustice, whether it's a dictator, you know, whether it's a corrupt government system that is keeping justice from them. And so we want to step in you know, I mentioned that people are being trafficked for slavery, but there are different forms of trafficking. And maybe this is also something that could be helpful to know about love justice. We're not just intercepting people from potential or bonded labor. We are also intercepting people who are being trafficked for the, the harvesting of their organs and we are intercepting people who are being trafficked to be sacrificed. For, for example, in Sierra Leone, several months ago, uh, one of the practices in Sierra Leone is during election season, the politicians will go to a witch doctor, a juju, the medicine man, and they will go to them to get to receive good luck for their election so that they can win the race. Well, what the witch doctor does is they send people out into the villages to recruit children to come with them. These children probably think that they're going to get some sort of job where they can help their family, but they are actually being trafficked to the witch doctor and they will be sacrificed. All of their organs, their bones, their body parts will be burned for the politician to come for the sacrifice. And it just, it makes my stomach hurt just even sharing about that. But this is a reality of what is happening. And there was a little boy we intercepted several months ago. He was 10 years old. And we were, we were able to verify for a fact that he was being trafficked for the purpose of child sacrifice. His parents didn't know where he was and were able to get him home safely back to his family. So there are, there are many forms of trafficking in the world, and it's a grave 
injustice that doesn't have to happen. <clears throat> it doesn't have to happen. And so we want to step in at this point of greatest vulnerability to keep people safe. That's really awesome. Yeah, it definitely makes my stomach hurt too. And especially because I have, I don't have any children, but I have nieces and nephews and just, I have a nephew around that age. And that just, I could probably sit here and just cry if I think. Yeah. You can't start even put your, wrap your mind around it. It it is. And it just, it makes me so sad and sick, but also furious because the fact that some people can do that to another individual, let alone a child, just, it just blows my mind. It's like, what happened to this person that made them think that this was okay? Yes. Yes. That's right. The darkness is real. It is. And is there any last um, things that you would like to share? Well, I will just say that it takes a team to make mm-hmm. this work possible. We love to grow our team. I love teams. You know, when I, when I think about a team, I, I played sports, you know, growing up and I've got lots of nieces and nephews who are on sports team. When you think of a team, everybody's got a different position, whether you're playing basketball and you're the point guard or you're the center or you're the forward, everybody's got their role to play to help the team succeed. That's exactly how it is with love justice. It takes a team to make the work of fighting trafficking succeed. And so we want to grow the team and we invite anyone and everyone to join the team. Help us get there. That's awesome. I love that. And where can people find you on social media, either personally, if you want to share? Sure. You can also share about the organization too. Sure. Yeah. Personally, my Instagram is Libby Swins, L-I-B-B-Y-S-W-E-N-S. And that is my Instagram. And so they can find me there or Love Justice. We are Love Justice International on our social media and our website is www.lovejustice.ngo, which stands for non-government organization. So lovejustice.ngo, people can go to our website. They can read about our work. They can read stories. We've got a blog. We've got new blogs we put out every month with stories. They can actually read the story about the little boy in Sierra Leone. They can read about times that I've spent in India in the red light district talking with people who were talking with women who were trafficked we've got all kinds of great stories and people can learn how to be involved that's awesome and so with the name of the podcast being beautiful legacy I like to ask every guest what kind of legacy do you want to leave and why oh I love this question so much you know I think some of the harsh realities of the world, whether it's the march through Selma, Alabama, when black people were not allowed to vote, you know, or when it was during the transatlantic slave 
trade, when people were enslaved right here in the United States, working on plantations, I often ask myself, if I lived in that period of time, what do I hope I would have been doing at that time? How would I have stepped in? So the legacy I hope that I can carry out is that someday my grandchildren will say, you know, there used to be a problem of modern day slavery in the world. I heard that there were statistics that 50 million people were living in slavery. And I can look at my grandmother and I could see that she stepped in and was involved because today there are not, there are no longer 50 million people living in slavery. I want to be a part of the movement. And that's the legacy that I hope to leave. I absolutely love that. And obviously you are helping make that happen with um, your own organization and Love Justice, but is there anything else um, that you are doing to make that legacy happen? Yes, you know, I, I'm just, I feel just passionate about it. So I am talking to people constantly about this. People really wanna know what can I do? You know, I just, I just came back from a trip where I met with multiple people talking about human trafficking just in general and people want to know how to get involved you know and i feel like for the rest of my life you know till i'm however old i want to be fighting against human trafficking and i want to be sharing the word i want to be encouraging people on getting involved and not sitting on the sidelines because the numbers look too big to do anything that's when we become paralyzed is when the numbers look so big, you know, we think, what could little old me do about such a big problem? We can each do something. <laughs> and so that's how I continue to try to spread that. I love that. And I would like to say to our listeners that if you do not also share our faith that getting involved with this, whether it be through Love Justice or another organization, know that you can still make an impact, whether you're doing it from a Christian lens um, and standpoint or not, there is a need. And um, I don't want anyone listening to be like, oh, well, I don't share their faith. And so how am I supposed to help? Um, You can still get involved whether you believe in God or not. Absolutely. I agree with that as well, too. You know, we've got people from all walks of life (laughs) that help us in this fight. I call it a common grace that Mm -hmm. regardless of what people are or where they are on their journey of spirituality or faith, I think we can all agree that human trafficking is wrong. And it does take all of us to help end it, regardless of how we feel about God or about Jesus or religion or whatever, whatever it is, we want to invite everybody to be a part because it matters. You know, those that we intercept have, they, 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 it doesn't matter to them. Exactly. (laughs) Who is helping make that happen. They want to be intercepted. They, they don't want to be exploited. So to, uh, to me, it's like, let's all join this together. Let's do this. 
team helping to end this. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you taking your time to chat with me today and educate not only myself, but anyone listening. And um, to all of our listeners, as always, you are loved. You are worth it. You are priceless, no matter what's been done to you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through. You have a purpose. If you are listening to this, if your heart is beating, you have a purpose and you are so worth it and so loved, even if in this moment you may not feel like you are. Well, I hope that you have a great rest of your day to those that are listening. And again, Libby, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon and I will talk to you all later. Thank you, Abigail. It's been a real privilege. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Hey friends, it's me again. So I realize that in my little disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, I forgot to mention that this episode was recorded months prior. So more than likely you are listening to this episode in October of um, 2023. But if you may be listening to this later, but that is when um, the episode is going to be more than likely Um, published and airing on Spotify, but we did record this episode at the end of August. So if you hear mention of time, time frames, whatever, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense, just know that it was filmed, not filmed, recorded. (laughs) I could not talk. Recorded quite a bit previous. But anyways, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you found it educational, inspiring, and I will talk to you all later.